History with Jackson podcast. So, hello and welcome to the History with Jackson podcast. Um, you may be aware that I am not Jackson and this is Jackson sat next to me here. Um, but today we are just going to be doing a roundup of History of Jackson's highlights, successes, everything to do with 2023. But I am Abby and I am a follow history lover. I have been involved with Jackson in a historical sense for a very long time now. So I feel like this is a really great way to... Carry on working together. Carry on, yeah, carry on working together. Because actually, you're going to be working with History Jackson. Yeah, through in, the next in 2024, which is really year. exciting, actually, because this is a really nice way to start off 2024, knowing like how we're building on your successes from 2023. Yeah, it's, it's a great way to introduce you to everyone so everyone knows yeah. who you are, can and get not, used to your voice and And also and not just face. a random face that's just <laughs> popping up being like, <laughs> who the hell is that? Yeah, so I'm Abby, if you wanted to know. But yeah, I guess we're going to kick off this kind of end of year roundup with a question that you like to ask all of your guests on every single podcast episode. It is, what was the inspiration behind History of Jackson? The brand, the inspiration... How did you get to the content where you are now? I think History Jackson's gone through a few different phases. So the first one was that you know I was finishing up my undergrad history degree and I wanted to, a way to stay involved with academia, a way to show myself as a historian. So I started doing the weekly videos and, and discussing history in that way, history that I was interested in, doing series and turning my academic work into video essays and so on. After training as a teacher, it kind of was in a little bit of a flux, like, am I going to be, am I presenting history? Am I still being a historian myself? And, you know, over the past year, it's actually morphed into being a, a history platform. So my inspiration behind that is, you know, I want to be involved in history. I want to be involved in creating history myself, presenting history. But also there's so many great historians out there who haven't got a platform or don't know how to utilize their own platform. Uh, who I want to work with to share their books. I mean, some of the books that we've got here are, are fantastic books who aren't shared as often as they should be. Um, and I think that's part of the inspiration now of History of Jackson is that I want to, I want to share the work of historians who, who can't necessarily get the work out there or publishers aren't getting necessarily to get the, book, uh, the work out there as much as they can or it should be. And then just turning it into a platform for history lovers. So, you know, with the blog that's just started up. Yeah, you know, exciting things on the horizon for 2024, guys. Check out the blog space. And you're going to be writing on there as I well. I will be so. writing on there. <laughs> <laughs> Check out for me. Um, okay, so actually I really love that because I think that makes history a lot more accessible to everyone and not just um, this idea that you have to have a um, university education to be able to access history. And before we get into the nitty gritty of like your statistics for like a roundup from the podcast. Tell us, how do you decide who you interview on the podcast? How do you decide what books you are going to read and be like, hey, this is a great book. I want you to come and talk about it. That's that's actually a great question because it's a it's a difficult process. So I get pitched so many books mm -hmm. by so many different publishers, which I I love. Don't stop doing that, please. <laughs> I will be pitching him my book when yeah. it comes out in. A Next year. You've already been successful. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I talk to loads of different publishers. I don't just have a relationship with one one press or two presses. I, I talk to a plethora of publishers across the year, and I, I look through their catalogues, and I think, you know, what are people going to be interested in listening to? What are people going to be... What should people know about as well? But also what's going to fit with 
that current period? And what should you tackle and be more sensitive about at different times? For me as well, it's also my personal interest. And and, and you know I hate, I, I don't hate it, but I find social history quite difficult to get <laughs> into. And I'll do it, but sometimes I find it quite difficult. So something really needs to grab me on yeah. that. Uh, hence, most of this is, is political, to be honest. Um, but, you know, it goes through that process of looking through the, the press's catalogue for the next season, saying, well, that's something I personally find interested in. I want to have a look at that. This is something that I think it's worth and its contribution should be amplified. Yeah. Um, there's certainly been some narratives like uh, Marsh Gesson's book here on Ursula uh, Parrot. Ursula's life is incredibly fascinating, but she's been ignored yeah, for a long time. Yeah, kind of like dimmed down in her light. I remember that podcast episode. It was a great podcast episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so what I'm hearing is if your book has political leaning, Jackson will probably love it. But most don't, definitely. but most definitely yeah. love it. But don't stop that from like don't let that deter you from wanting to pitch your book to Jackson because he has a a ride a, a a ride a wide reaching sense of understanding for history and that is something that I think comes through in all of your like political like understanding and also your historical understanding. So it's really cool to see your opinions yeah. on a wide array of topics. I mean, from that I've gone from swimming. Yeah. The history of swimming to looking at um, amateur diplomats negotiating with Hitler to help the British war effort or to help uh, efforts for a kind of friendship, a kinship with Germany before the war. So, you know, from swimming to, to Hitler to the Templars, which was a social and a political and a military history as well. Yeah. You know, it's such a, you know, such a breadth of topics that I look at you know I I'm not I'm not just going to take it if it's political or military yeah of course. it's interesting uh but you know social stuff is also interesting it's just you know everyone has their own political like not politically everyone does have political leanings yeah. but everyone has their own historical leanings yeah and also the way that we all interpret social history comes from like our own historical political social economic background and the way we view the world so it's really interesting to have this like wide breadth of topics from people who me and you would not have ever kind of come across in our like everyday walks of life. And I think that's such a cool thing about your podcast is that you're kind of indiscriminately like saying like, hey, you've got something to contribute to the community. Yes, we'll have you on. Yeah, 100%. But speaking of your community, I have some questions, some rapid fire questions oh. about your metrics across the platforms. Because we it would be a miss of us to round up the year's podcast kind of scene without asking these questions. So, how many episodes did you upload in 2023? Oh, bloody hell. Uh, we went monthly till June, so mm -hmm. that's, my math is pretty awful, but that's six. It's I a good think. job you did history, yeah. not maths. <laughs> uh, and then from June to December, we went weekly. Yep. So one a week from then, so. Come on, Jackson. Bloody hell, 26. 26? 26 had six, 32. 32 episodes in the 32 year. 32 episodes in the year. And there are 52 Weeks in the year. And we're doing 52 in 2024. We're doing 52. Plus 52. Uh, and, and plus the yeah, so, festivals. Yeah, Gloucester was four or five episodes. Yeah. So I did 30, 40. 30, 40 episodes. Okay, so we'll, we'll aim at 40, which is a good amount. And do you know how many total plays you got, total listens, across all streaming platforms? 
Oh, no, I, I switched streaming platforms this year, so oh, my okay. metrics are a bit messed up. Okay, but, you know, it's so for 2024, will we thousands, pay attention to these metrics? Yeah, <laughs> thousands of people listened, which I'm, I'm very grateful mm. for. Uh, I love talking, you know. Yep. Um, but to have thousands of people have listened to everything this year. Yeah. Uh, not just you listening to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> Don't <yeah>. out <laughs> me like that, okay. I listen Obviously. to Jackson's yeah. podcast to fall asleep, so he gets extra plays because I set a sleep timer, so it's like every 15 minutes I'll fall asleep, and then the next like day I'll go back because I only managed to listen to three minutes of it, and then, you know. Obviously, I need to do ASMR. Uh, so yeah I think you know it's uh, thousands of people listening is it's very humbling yeah and speaking of like thousands of people which city and or country had the most listens from weirdly so I thought I'd be uh, yeah you said these quick rapid fire yeah. it's America <laughs> United States of America um it's Accounts for Americans count for sixty percent of my audience. Sixty. Sixty percent of my audience, which wow, is it must be the British accent. Yeah, must be. It must be the British accent. Must be. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very 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 different. Yeah, how many guests did you have on the podcast this year? Oh wow! This um, should not be a put on the spot question. Put on the spot question. About forty. About forty. About forty. Every, yeah. Apart from the Gloucestershire ones, oh, no, but they were guests as well. They were all guests. Yeah, they so about guests forty guests, well. which that's a lot. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. A lot of books as well. Yeah, which is... I don't know how you do that. Because obviously if you're doing... Because obviously you went uh, one episode a week. You're having to read. like, And I know that a book a week for yourself is not an ambitious. But on top of writing your own book, studying, just having completed your master's, on top of holding down a, like a job. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I was like, oh my God, i got to read three books this week. Um, <laughs> which... <laughs> Which was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get into that. There, you know, there's been a whole discourse on X or Twitter or whatever we call it now about someone going, oh, I read 300 books this year. And someone else going, oh, I read Oh my God, three. do you want to know how many books I read this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many? I read 157. Yeah, you need to do a podcast. <laughs> they weren't historical books by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. I mean, some of them were. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I've been traveling, I've like done very little apart from like read which has been really nice this year. Um, but speaking of like the year outside of like the History of Jackson podcast, but also with the History of Jackson podcast, you've had a great year. And I know I've mentioned that you've just like graduated your master's. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> what are some of the highlights of this year well, for yourself oh. and the brand? Yeah, it's been... <laughs> I'll start with the brand, Yeah. first of all. Um, I mean, it's probably hard to distinguish myself from the brand nowadays. Um, but People want to know about you as a person yeah. as well. <laughs> but in terms of the brand, you know, going to a weekly format was probably a highlight mm -hmm. because it was something that I previously didn't really think I could do and and demonstrating that I could do it yeah. was, was a high point. I really, really enjoyed doing it and, and talking to all these fantastic... This is just a small subjection of some of the historians I spoke to. Um, and... Being invited to festivals and, and getting festivals booked for 2024, it's it's one of those things where, you know, as you start, you I've started taking it properly seriously since June, July. Once you've started taking it seriously, but people are taking you seriously, of course, um, and actually wanting you to be places, inviting you to go places, and people recognizing you and oh, knowing yeah, you when you're definitely built up a reputation and a bit of uh, notoriety in the community. I would say it's it's that I think that's probably the. The, the brand yeah. professional high point. Um, 
personally, personally, um, finishing graduating masters was a big thing. Of like, course, always wanted to. I want to be an academic, I want to be a professor, and finishing that part of the journey to get there was a particular high point. Um, you know, standing there in the hall with everyone else who was on my cohort was a fantastic experience. After, after I wrote my dissertation based because I've worked from the end of the semester to the end of the school term because I'm a supply teacher as well alongside this. This is not a full-time job. Right, everyone <laughs> else thinks it, it is. Be, yeah, he wants, wants it to be, be. a full-time job. Um, so I wrote my whole dissertation in alongside some of the articles I wrote for History of War and all about history. I wrote my whole dissertation in, from the end of July to the end of August. In like a whole month I wow, wrote. Wow, that's pretty quick for your master's disc. Yeah. So I was knackered. Of course you were. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a high point. Finishing my dissertation yeah. and graduating. Is there any plans for a PhD on the horizon in the next couple of years? Currently looking into doing this. Oh my god, so exciting! Hopefully, hopefully. Oh my we'll god, get back exciting! It won't just be Master Jackson; it will be Doctor Jackson <laughs> in the near future. Despite the fact that you couldn't save my life if you tried. Um, <laughs> but so the kind of main point of your podcast, as we have already touched upon is having all of these incredible guests and giving them a spotlight and giving them a platform to you know kind of like discuss their work can you give us a bit of a your highlights of the people that you've had on your podcast oh and that's gonna be really yeah. difficult to do there's quite a lot and I, I don't want to i don't want to disappoint anyone by not mentioning them but yeah of course you know personal personal points for me you know i've you know i've, I've I'm great friends with Steve Tibble now, mm -hmm. so it's it's great to to talk with Steve outside the podcast, discuss work with Steve. Talking to Steve about the Templars was a was a great episode to talk to him about his book, going to his book launch as well in September. Oh my gosh, that's very exciting! First book launch I've ever gone to, which is awesome. So you're getting ideas for your book launch? Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. So that was a great that was a great thing to go and visit. Um, Steve's coming on again in 2024 for two books. Oh my gosh, he is. Quick moving if he's got two books coming onto the podcast. Oh, he's just a lovely, lovely man. I can't wait to talk to him about it. Yeah, him. of course. Um, Any teasing of what he's going to be talking about? Oh, no, I can't possibly. You I can't, can't possibly. possibly. You're going to have to wait and find um, Talking to Charles about his book as well. I, you know, you know, I love totalitarianism. I love, um, this is so morbid, um, <laughs> looking at Hitler and Stalin's regimes and being able to look at Hitler from a different perspective yeah. was really, personally, from my academic kind of intrigue, a really interesting I was gonna say, thing to do. Jackson has his book here, uh, which <laughs> his first book is right at the bottom. And if you don't know about this, about Jackson, he has published, um, I believe self-published this book. Yeah. yeah. Um, looking at totalitarianism and the regimes and the similarities between, I was about to say Stitler, Hitler, <laughs> Stalin, um, Mussolini's in there as well, I believe. Yes, there's a little bit of Mussolini yeah, in there, yeah. Yeah, not your main focus. And it's an incredibly worthwhile read. Worth while read <laughs> if I could get my yeah. my consonants out um so yeah you're uniquely positioned to be able to not only politically comment on like a lot of Charles's work but also actually have a your understanding kind of like challenged not in like a critical way but in a just in a different way yeah I think I think that's the the thing that I enjoy most is whilst I learn a tremendous amount about all these different mm. Uh, books in these different periods you know I started off as a medievalist and, and learning like so I can I can get by on most topics mm -hmm. uh, but when when I start looking at Hitler, Stalin, Mao 
you know, as it did with Charles, being able to actually, you know, think, okay, does this relate to this? Does yeah. this relate to this? And, and how does it like link yeah. to modern world understanding of this? It's very fun. Yeah, it makes it, that those those are the ones I, I live for really from a personal academic um desire to, to contribute a little bit more. Yeah. I love them. Yeah, that's so great. Okay, so we all know that you love totalitarianism and you have just said that you were originally started as a medievalist. So outside of the political kind of books that you've discussed on your podcast, what have been what's your favourite topic that you've discussed? Or just episode? So I am starting. Mm-hmm. It's so bloody confusing when you start getting into it. But I'm starting to really love ancient Roman history. Okay. Um, I've talked, spoken, talking. Jesus, what's going on today? <laughs> Long day. I have spoken to Dr. Simon Elliott several times on the podcast yeah. about his work. Um, I've reviewed several ancient Roman books. Uh, we had Emma Southern on to talk about her book on yeah. ancient Rome. You know, it's something that I'm starting to get really interested in and starting to learn more about. Yeah. Um, so it's it's those topics which they're so far removed from. Well, not so far, but I'm not going to dive into the whole yeah. iconography kind of part of them. But they're so far removed from these totalitarian regimes of Stalin, Hitler and Mao, but also wildly different from the 1400s, yeah. the, the medieval period that I love. So... Looking at those regimes has been something that I've really, yeah. really enjoyed this year. I was going to say, so similarly, I kind of had, I joined kind of like history with my undergraduate, kind of being a very modernist, coming at it from like a loving... Massive modernist. Massive, <laughs> massive modernist. Like, wouldn't touch medieval history, like my life depended on it, like wouldn't do it. And then slowly, like under like the tutorship of some incredible like lecturers at uni, um, really investigating like Byzantine and Roman history and how they intersect with one another, but from different um, medieval empires looking in on them. And I think that is so interesting because like we have a lot of like Roman centric history and it's very popular to like, you know, the whole TikTok trend, like is like, what's your Rome? Like, yeah, that type of stuff. It's so fun being able to like see it from a different perspective. And I think because Rome has been so, like it's been discussed a lot, people are having to come up with some really clever ways oh, to discuss it. And it's so interesting seeing what's coming out now. But I think you make a great point there about wanting to decentralize narratives. Yeah. Um, that's something that I've been, you know, I, I quite clearly I'm a white man. Um, you know, and, and decentralizing these narratives away from whiteness, maleness, Rome-centric, Euro-centric. Um, it's been something, maybe American-centric as well, Western-centric. Trying to decentralise a lot of the episodes that I do away from these. And it's hard sometimes yeah. to do that. But trying to do it, making a conscious effort throughout, yeah. uh, for it throughout the year, has been something that I've personally challenged myself to do this year. Yeah, that's and a I've, really hard thing to do, especially because history oh, so is difficult. written by the victors. And essentially a lot, especially with Western history, it is normally white men. Yeah, and, and, you know, looking at Emma's book, looking at Rome through women, yeah. um, Nicholas Morton's book, which is not in this stack, sadly, um, about the Mongol storm, looking yeah. at the Mongol Empire and, and that area, the Crusader state area, but through a Islamic Mongol lens. Yeah, and not the Christian one that we are so used to. Yeah, which is so fascinating when, you know, later on, I look at the, at a couple of episodes down the line from Nick's episode, um, I discussed with Steve Tibble, 
the Templars in that region. Yeah. So looking at that from both sides was fascinating. Decentralizing it to to be a a non Eurocentric, a non Christo centric narrative yeah. has been something that I've really relished this year. Do you think we'll see more of that coming into twenty twenty four? Hundred percent. I think there's been a lot of um, there's a lot of things that I'm booking up, which are which are me trying to move away from these these narratives to try and bring more more things in yeah. that help people learn from a different perspective. But also, there's there's some more of the traditional stuff in there as well because you can't get enough of of some of them as well. Yeah, and I think sometimes the traditional stuff is a really nice access point for a lot of people because they already kind of understand what's going on. So it's not so much of a culture shock coming into the academic world where it's like you're referencing all these crazy historians and you're like, <laughs> this isn't now talking about history. It's talking about the historians who think they wrote history in a certain type of way. And, that, and that's the difficult part that I find with some of this academic history is you open the first book of a page, of a first page book, <laughs> the first page of an academic journal, and you're like, what the hell's going on there? Yeah. Like, I don't, there's, there's 50 million references, I don't understand any of the words. But by trying to make History of Jackson, which is the home of accessible and digestible history, <laughs> um, more accessible, more digestible, that these types of histories are more, yeah. more accessible. You know, um, Christopher's book here, Christopher Harrison's book, um, about genocidal wastage, quite a heavy topic. Of course. Quite an academic topic, but by discussing the way that me and Chris did, it made it more accessible, I hope. And also, it gives people a starting point to be like, okay, this was too heavy for me, but I enjoyed, there was a certain point of what was discussed, and I'm going to go away and research that myself. And it's a really great way of getting into things, like asking questions, being like, oh, I really enjoyed this specific point, how can I expand my knowledge on that? I think that's why that's why I always ask historians at the end of the episode, you know, how can people go away and get in touch with you? Yeah. Because I, you know, don't have yeah. the answers. I can't tell you everything about Ursula Parrott. I can't tell you everything about genocidal wastage. But if I give you a way to access these historians, yeah. who, by the way, are incredibly accessible, you know. And very active on social media. 100%. <laughs> they can go and talk to them and say, yeah. hi, Chris, you know, how, how do... How do you make this point in genocidal wastage and how can I learn more about that? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All incredible points. Like, incredible, incredible points. But trying to bring it back more to your highlights of this year, what has been a standout episode for you? You've already mentioned so many incredible historians that you've just, like, you've interviewed and had discogra discography, discourse with discography. No, I'm a big karaoke fan. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, yeah, what's been a standout episode for you? Whether it's been because Ooh. of the guest or because of an episode you like to produce. Oh, um, I think I can't get away from the one with Logan. You know, to very very sweet yeah, episode. To to talk with my little brother who has special needs on the podcast and him to ask really lovely questions yeah. about the work that I do. And being so genuinely interested yeah. in what you do as well. Because. You know him. You know, yeah. you know, you've known him for nearly 18 years, 19 years. Logan's very rarely shown interest in what I do. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just a brother thing. Yeah. But uh, to come onto the podcast and ask such lovely questions and be able to show an element of my life that I don't show yeah. an awful lot on social media um, was was one of my favourite episodes oh, so I've ever done. i hear that. Because it isn't often that we actually do get to share not only like our academic interests with people, because when I talk about history, a lot of my family shut off, which is completely fine. Um, <laughs> but actually, 
<laughs> I do prowl on about it, so that's oh, my I mean, own fault. Mine shut off as well. That's yeah. why I have a podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you actually get to discuss it with people who actually want to listen. Yeah. Um, but actually, like talking about like your work with like your younger siblings, I think that's really, really, really lovely. Yeah, I mean, and that's only one of my brothers. You know? Yeah, you have many brothers. Yeah, one of them probably wouldn't do that, and the other one probably would actually. So <laughs> I'm trying to work out who would and who wouldn't. I think I have my guesses, but I'm not going to broadcast <laughs> that. So you mentioned earlier that we, you, I say we, I'm already anticipating that I'm going to be on the podcast more, um, that you were at Gloucester this year, Gloucestershire yeah. Festival, and that you are planning on being at Gloucestershire in this coming year. Yes. What has been your highlight from Gloucestershire Festival 2023? Oh, now, Gloucestershire Festival is a, an awesome history festival. and We were only there for a day, yeah. like a day. And I put out Matt, Nicola, um, and we taught, also spoke to Ian Dale. You know, putting out three episodes, I think I put three or four episodes out that day. Yeah. Was was a lot of work. I can imagine. But being able to meet people, you know, Matt Lewis, I'm, I know Matt, I'm friends with Matt. Being able to talk with Matt and, and see Matt again was great. But also, you know, Ian Dale was lovely you yeah. know apparently i was not there wasn't time for me to talk to ian but when i went to go and see ian in the the press room and say hi like hi ian i'm, I'm jackson would you mind coming on the podcast just yeah. to have a little talk about your book that man gave me eight minutes which he didn't have to give me yeah and, and that was probably my highlight there is you know whilst i met nathan uh nathan ammon who's a lovely lovely man nicola who's absolutely everyone there was lovely i can't i can't stress that yeah. enough but to have that moment where you know little i'm not little but little old me with my small podcast talking to someone who is you know works on for lbc and has just written a book with some fantastic historians some of which i'm, I'm friends with and he came on and gave that time up when he didn't have to when he was about to go on stage with gavin ishla was was a, a highlight for me actually because it just showed that everyone wants to help everyone else out if they've got the time and it was really nice i think that's a really nice thing that i've noticed in the history community there's kind of this sh shift from uh i want to say gatekeeping but i feel like it's a bit of a, like a a 2023 word for it um <laughs> it is 2023 it's 2023 <laughs> in a nutshell but yeah instead of like being this kind of like pompous community that is very much like if you don't have access to this you're not going to have access to this to actually being a very wholesome community that is actually like oh no we're gonna give each other a leg up i think that's a really really nice shift to see and like watch it happen in real time yeah i mean it makes it makes a difference you know when you talk to some of these people and you you find out how they get into it they got into it the same way that we yeah. did they were trying to get into it and now they're helping other people and within this community the this is three this episode goes out three years anniversary of history jackson um you know, within those three years, I've had people offer me opportunities, people ask me to do things, people help me out. And across those three years, whilst I'm nowhere near Dan Jones, Dan Snow, whatever, I'm still trying to help out younger historians, yeah. people who aren't established, because it's it's the right thing to do. Jackson has helped me out numerously, on numerous occasions with my own historical um, exploits and endeavours. So I can definitely speak to that. And hopefully... You will. If you decide that you want to put a book out there, you've already got a book out there, you want to write for Jackson, he for will website. also also support you through that. <laughs> www 
historyjackson.co.uk. It's all on there. It's not a shameless <laughs> plug at all. No, this is this is a, a wholesome roundup. <laughs> okay, so speaking of the fact that you had to put out a numerous amount of content from the Gloucestershire History Festival, but also networking and meeting these incredible historians and building that community that you want to see. How do you balance an entertaining podcast, creating the interviews and actually like retaining historical accuracy and also like um, kind of just accuracy in all your statements with that kind of needing to engage people and kind of, draw people in because like at the end of the day like you want people to listen yeah that, that that's probably one of the hardest questions hardest questions i've ever been asked mm. it's um, difficult huh yeah um it's not, not my job if i don't make you squirm yeah, i'm never on the other side of this mic um i think i do a lot of research yeah i do an awful lot of research into the episodes that i talked uh, i do the presses that i work with yeah of course and the people i work with and if I cannot be certain or sure of, you know, other people not doing their due diligence, that due diligence, then it's not. It's probably not right for me. Yeah, of course. And it's probably not right or fair for the audience. What I, because I've also I'm also a teacher. I'm very conscious of creating misconceptions, mm. and misconceptions are difficult uh, difficult to undo. And they can be dangerous. Vikings didn't have horns on their helmet. <laughs> one example. And we can't undo those those misconceptions once they set that set in. So I don't have the time to to sit down through a book and fact check it. Yeah. So I need to trust that the press that I work with, the editor that that author had, did that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's just relying on other people for due diligence. But the the presses that I work with, you know, some of the some of the marketing people I work with, some of the editors I work with, are actually all of them, are fantastic. They know what I'm looking for. They know who I want, and and more often than not, they recommend people for me to work with. And also, like knowing you the way I do, you're not going to be working with people or even entertaining the idea of working with people who aren't doing their due diligence already. No, no, and it's, I don't I don't think it's fair on on them. Yeah. I don't think it's fair on the audience either. You know, I'm I'm fairly rigorous in the way that I create questions as well. And yeah, if you if 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 I think for a second that something is not to the level that I think it should be for people to consume, then it will show throughout the whole process. That's a great answer. It's a it's a great answer and it's also really great to hear you take that um, like pride in your work because obviously it's got your name on it and you don't want to be putting out oh, yeah, front and yeah front and center <laughs> history with Jackson um, you don't want to be putting out content that is going to reflect badly on yourself but also make the guests that you have on your podcast yeah I mean ultimately I'm trying to show every historian that I talk to in the best light. Like, yeah. I send my questions to historians beforehand and I say, look, these are the questions. I send the questions to them and I say, look, is there anything here that you don't feel comfortable answering? Um, if, you know, I want this to be the best way of showing you in a light, yeah. let me know what you want to have. Um, and it comes down to that. If I can't show, if someone can't be shown off in the best possible way, it's working with them to do that. Yeah, and I think that's great. Um, but it sounds like a lot of work. A, a lot of work. 
So how do you keep up to date with your own historical research on top of all of the research you do for the podcast? Uh, not very well. Um, <laughs> I have no life. Uh, <laughs> so Sure you do. Uh, yeah, you know, think, think of me if you wish. Um, yeah, so I essentially work two full-time jobs with this. So I'm, I'm a teacher in the day. I come back from school. I'll have a cup of tea, maybe two. I have a, a massive caffeine dependency because I've learned from James Hoffman it's not a caffeine addiction. It's, it's dependency. It's dependency. That makes um, it so much yeah. worse. That <laughs> so makes it so much worse. Massive caffeine dependency. Um, but basically all hours of the day yeah. I'm working. Um, I go to the gym every day. The stair climber is... <laughs> Do you read your books while you're walking the stairs? Actually, stair ti- a stair climber is my time to answer any messages or emails. So I do my emails and my... My messages on the stair climber. So uh, I know I am. Uh, <laughs> of course you do. Um, and then, you know, any other time. So when I come back, it's emails and answering questions, um, doing, reading the books, creating the questions. Um, it's just all consuming, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world, to be honest. Yeah. I do make sure I have personal time as well. Of course, of yeah. course. Personal time is, is golden. Um, okay, so speaking to that, you obviously have like strategies in place on how you kind of like manage the day-to-day admin, but do you have any strategies in place for how you're going to be running the podcast in 2024? Are there going to be any changes to run schedule or the way you're editing it? So I am trying to get as much done as early as possible. So bar this episode, yeah, December was recorded in November. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to get ahead. I am halfway through January at the moment. That's pretty good going. So I'm trying, yeah, trying to make it a little bit easier so that when I go on holiday, when we when we go to these festivals and stuff, um, as a team. As a team. Yeah. That's something new that's coming 2024. <laughs> there is now a team. Um, I, I'm not frantically trying to record the episode of for that, that Sunday on Friday night. Um, so it's it's putting those processes in place so I feel more comfortable so that I can just let the content go out and let, let everything else flow as it should. And Sundays are still your upload day? Yes, Sundays are staying as my upload day. Um, I don't know why I chose Sunday. I think uh, it's a good day. Just, yeah, it's just... It's a good day. Just Sunday. It's a good way to run out the oh, week. No, it was the first... It was three years ago, was that a Sunday? First of January was maybe a Sunday. I don't know. Fair. It's always been a Sunday. Fair, and that's not even changed, even from when you like shifted from how much content you put out a, a month a week. Yeah, uh, and when it went from month, it was every fifteenth. But then, okay. Before it was when it was weekly videos, it was a Sunday. A Sunday. So yeah. Fair, keeping it consistent. Consistency. I like it. I might try and build season breaks in just so I can have a week. <laughs> just a a week to rest and recuperate. From all of the editing. You know I'm not doing that. Yeah, no, no, you're not. So obviously a lot of work goes into creating your podcast or your content, making it as high quality as possible. What is something that you secretly hate about recording and producing your podcast? Or oh. Maybe hate's a strong word. Social media. Social media? Social media. What about it? It's um, broad. I, lo- I love reading the books. I love writing the questions. I love talking to the historians. Oddly, I enjoy editing. I really? really? Quite, yeah. I expected editing to be the thing you hated the most. No, I, I actually love sitting there in front of GarageBand and going... GarageBand? GarageBand, getting rid of ums and everything, and my propensity to repeat the same word twice in, in my rebuttal um, to, to historians. Um, but social media, I 
I hate it. I used to have, before I started taking this seriously, I actually used to have screen times on my phone yeah. for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I should have one for TikTok. But TikTok was an endless pit. Yep. I and don't have it on my phone for exactly that reason. I don't have any social media on my phone for that, exactly that reason. It's yeah. So I don't like. I don't enjoy so doing social media, and it is. F- forced me into becoming an addict again because I had to see what everyone else is doing, see what I can do. And keep up with the community and keep up with trends yeah. and keep posting. Maybe something for 2024 would be hiring a social media content Oh, that would be lovely. That'd be lovely. I'm not offering, by oh, the way. Okay, yeah, I thought that was you offering. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I just like social media as much as you do in terms of creating content for oh, it. It's, it's, it's one of the hardest jobs. It is. Um, but... That being said, you have degrees in both politics and history, and you're saying that social media is the hardest thing that you've done. I don't done. have a degree in social media. <laughs> no, I didn't say you did. Yeah. I, didn't say, I didn't say you did. I'm just saying that it's funny that I expected it to be something along the lines of like the editing side of it, but it's actually the social media. Yeah, I'm, that I'm a massive audiophile. Like I, I love, and I think that's probably something that people notice when they listen to the podcast. I like to make sure that the audio is the highest quality mm. possible. Um, I like to make sure that I know my voice picks up very well on microphones. That's not me being; it just it just no, naturally it just does. does. Yeah. Um, but I always like to make sure that the audio is the best quality and my guest voice sound the best and as accurate as possible. So I enjoy doing that. That's something I've really nerd out. I could spend a thousand pounds on audio setup <laughs> just now. Um, but it's if you know if I got two thousand pounds tomorrow for History Jackson, I'd probably spend it on someone to do my social media okay <laughs> i mean that enters another possibility if you had unlimited funds what would you implement someone's doing my social, social media. media someone's doing my social media um yeah someone's doing my social media uh and maybe the editing maybe the editing but yes 100 percent, someone's doing social media nice same <laughs> okay so I'm now going to ask you some forward-thinking questions to, right. to 2024 because, you know, the we'll finish the year with the high that you are obviously on. Like, History of Jackson has become very successful in the last year. What are you looking forward to the most about 2024? I think past three years, I've been working very independently. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of my articles have just been me doing them. Uh, episodes of whilst I work with historians, I'm I'm planning, I'm writing, I'm reading, um, and to start working with friends such as yourself as a team <laughs> to go to things. Yeah, is is something I'm really really excited for. You know, as someone who actually is quite a sociable person at times, to work so independently has made me not such a sociable person. Yeah. Um, and to be able to go to these things that I enjoy doing with people who I like is... is <laughs> Opposed <laughs> to people you don't like. Yeah, not that I've ever gone to anything with people <laughs> I don't like. Um, is just something I'm really looking forward to doing. Yeah, um, and also sharing that kind of passion with it, right? Like, kind of being able to nerd out on it and being like, oh, I'm not I'm not boring you. Yeah, yeah and that's a big thing is, you know, when you go to these things, people who aren't interested in history are like, okay, what's the, what's the problem? Like, what, why? But when you go to people who enjoy it, like yourself, you know, you enjoy history, you're going to come in a different perspective than I, and you will probably force me to do things because you know people are going to want to listen to it and want to watch it, and it's it's that perspective and that change that will really, I think, I'm really looking forward to doing this year. Oh, and I'm excited for this year as well. Like, I'm excited for seeing history rejection like kind of grow, but also kind of having like the 
behind the scenes kind of like take on it. Or behind the scenes is mad. <laughs> behind the scenes, is there any like anecdotes or like stories from behind the scenes that you can share? The amount of times that I have fran- frantically mm-hmm. had to read 200 pages in a night. Now, I, I roughly, I roughly read 60 pages an hour. Okay, so a page a page a minute? Yeah, rough, yeah roughly saying? about a page a minute. Roughly about, sometimes it's more, sometimes that less. very quick. Well, it's a skill set I've had to develop. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, roughly about a page a minute. Um, but there's been times where I've planned for a certain day and then I've had the email and I've gone, oh dear. Yep. I need to read this book now. Yep. And I've had to stay there at night and read 200 pages. Um, it's too many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's too many times. Um, but most of it is me frantically reading books. Okay. So what would you say the one thing you'd want to change would you say that it's for the coming year would be not having to read frantically 200 pages at oh, midnight? Oh, I'm still going to do that. Yeah, um, <laughs> nothing's changed I'm still going to do that. Um, <laughs> but try and just try and get it done yeah. earlier. But I have got quite a few books upstairs, so that's going to be lovely. But that's exciting, though. Yeah. You've already got them like ready and ro- like ready to go. Which, speaking of, is there anyone who you've not already mentioned that you're excited to come on the podcast in the next coming year? Well, uh, someone's book... It's being published this year. Um, <laughs> someone's. Yeah, someone's book is being published this year. I'm very excited to talk to you about your book um, because you know, me and you have been friends for so long. Yeah. Too long. Too uh, long. <laughs> but to, to talk to you about something that you're knowledgeable and passionate about is something that I'm really looking forward to doing uh, because, you know, I like Russian history. I, I like Ukrainian history, but mine is more modern yeah. in, in my sense. Meanwhile, the book you're approaching isn't. No, not at all. Um, I shan't speak to my book too much because obviously this is a history well, of Jackson Roundup. it's a book you Roundup. can't talk to it. Pardon? It's a book you can't talk oh, to Oh, shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, my book is looking to um, Olga of Kiev, St. Olga of Kiev, the first regent queen of the Rus, which is the precursor state to the modern Belarus, Ukraine and Russia. Um, and I think the one thing that I enjoy the fact that we can discuss about is a lot of like the modern geopolitical historical context you can see its ties down to even like the history from like the time period that i'm looking at which is very easy the 900s to like the 10th the 10th 11th century so like it's really cool to be able to see this like not pattern of history but being able to like see all like the different weaving of like time and context and cultural and like religious and socio kind of context which feeds into our yeah. current day understanding. Yeah, I mean, seeing Putin, uh, I mean, I've already, I've already talked about Putin before, so people are no strangers to my views, views on him, but <laughs> um, seeing him utilise rhetoric, which directly references uh, elements of Olga's uh, time yeah. is actually quite interesting. It's very interesting. But more on that, sometime in 2024, <laughs> can't tell you the exact date yet, because... She needs to write it. Needs to write it. Which <laughs> will be happening this year. Um... So, obviously, we're coming into the new year, and we're looking to the new year, and we're mm-hmm. reflecting on the past. Is there something that you would tell, like, your future you? Like, you in a year? Oh, future me. Um, I don't think I have enough time. I don't... I very rarely do it. Um, I think in the last month, because I've had the time to stop and be a little bit more introspective. Yeah actually stop and enjoy it okay. for a time. Um, 
there was a time where I was just pushing out content, just pushing it out, reading books, pushing it. Mm. Just particularly July and August, just yeah. creating mad amount of content. But actually stop and, and, and enjoy what I'm doing because I, I do I do love There's it. There's a reason you got into this, right? There's yeah. a love for it. There has to be. So I think, yeah, I think that's it. Just enjoy it when I'm doing it because okay. there's so many great historians that I'm making friends with and so many great books that I've been given that are great reads and I very rarely get the chance to kind of stop and go, actually. I could read all of his work yeah. and just binge it. Oh. <laughs> I'll read that again, actually. I, 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 I mean, I never read a book again because I've got, not got the time. Um, Clearly. But, yeah, I think stop and enjoy it. Yeah, okay. And speaking of, like, enjoying it, what has been the best thing that you've enjoyed about having the podcast this year? Ooh. If you could take the time to actually reflect upon it. Talking to people. Yeah? Talking to people. And and meeting those people in some some parts because not often do I get to meet my guests. Yeah. Not often do I actually get to physically see them in person. Um, but not often am I able to have the conversations I have with people in the way that I do on the podcast in in everyday life. There's no way I will sit down with someone in a pub or in a coffee shop and, and talk about genocidal wastage. Yeah. Just not. It's just not. It's not a topic. Can you imagine if someone overheard specific parts of what you were discussing and oh, yeah, took I mean, it out of context? I've got a sticky tabbed mind, mind camp, just for my research. It's sticky tabbed. Do you? Like, I get looks just for carrying that around. So, yeah. being able to talk to people who understand that is, mm. is just great. Yeah. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, don't put me on a watch list, please. <laughs> don't don't put, don't put Jackson on a watch list. Okay, so we've obviously reflected on the good what is something that you have learnt the biggest thing that you've learnt this year good um, or bad that I can ask for help I don't like asking for help mm-hmm. um, I like doing things on my own Yeah. Um, I enjoy doing it and, and I am kind of a a person who likes to, to run things you're a perfectionist yeah I am a perfectionist and I like to be in charge and I like to make sure I get things done and if someone's not doing it the way that I want it done, I just think, sod it, I'll do it myself. Um, but actually asking for help and accepting that something's not going to be perfect is something that I've had to learn this year and I should probably carry on learning. Definitely carry on learning because I do think that sometimes the ability to trust other people to do the work that you want to do is an invaluable skill, but oh my God, the self-control to let go is difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I've struggled with that points this year. Okay. Um, with having to ask for help in certain situations when I'm like buried in work and I'm having to write articles and, and, and stuff. So yeah, carry on on that vein. Yeah. Would be a good one for me. That's a really, it's a really good thing to carry forward in 2024. This next question is a little bit in the same vein of kind of what we've also already talked about, but I think it's a nice one to kind of like end off the year and end off like a, a, like a a look at your year, because obviously having looked at social media, you have to be on social media if you're promoting this podcast because it's kind of like the 
the tools of the trade, right? Are there any historical content creators or just content creators in general that have inspired you throughout this year or who will be inspiring you moving forward? No, I love I love Dan Snow. Yeah. I love Dan Snow's podcast. I love his his interview technique. I like I like the way Dan does things. And I like I like the way history hit is organized uh, as a business uh, as a platform. So I think the way that Dan Snow does it yeah. is something that really inspires me. Um and also I'm not just a historian, you no. know. Um I also, you know, I played rugby for Jesus, 10, 15 years, you know, so there's... Longer? There's what, since like, what, 2013? Oh, no, yeah, that's no, 10 years. Yeah, 10, 15 years. I've got, I've started, yeah, I'm 25 now, so 15 years, literally yeah, 15 years. literally 15 years. Played rugby for 15 years, and there's a lot of... A lot of the way that rugby, retired rugby content creators like James Haskell and so on, are trying to put across their personality. It's something I'm trying to do a little bit more this year. Um, so taking inspiration from different genres... And trying to add that in. Yeah, because people want to know who yeah. you are as well. Like, like that's kind of like the fun of like podcasts, right? You have this incredible like the content you're here for, and then like across the episode, you kind of get a sprinkling of the person that is hosting it. Yeah, and I don't think I've done that enough this year. So okay. 2024, I'm trying to kind of try and add a little bit more of that in. Okay, cool. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna be <laughs> absolutely like you can be pulling yeah. that out of you because. Jackson does have a personality. Sometimes it just takes him <laughs> a little bit to get there. Wow. <laughs> I say that with most love and respect. Love and respect. Um, but yeah, okay. So I have a final fun question for okay. you. If you could, this is a really generic fun question, but I'm going to like expand on it. If you could drop into any period of history that wasn't modern, oh. where would you drop? 1453, 1453, yes, 1453, Battle of Towton. Okay. Wars of Roses, Edward IV, Mr. Henry VI. I just want to see that battle. I think okay. it's, it's, I think that's, that's one of the most gruesome battles, the bloodiest battle ever happened on English soil. Okay. I want to see that. You want to see it? I want to see it. But binoculars, front row seat? Uh, <laughs> maybe take a drone. Uh, but okay, okay. What would you bring back from 1453 Battle of Toten? A picture, maybe a video, of, and different concept, different concept now. War crime is a modern concept, <laughs> but... Okay, where are we going with this? The bottom of the stream mm-hmm. at Towton, mm-hmm. apparently, allegedly, allegedly, the stream ran blood, red with blood. Ooh. And I'd like to take and see, actually, this is what happened there. Okay, but that's from, like, having modern technology. Like, I'll take a sword. I want a sword. Okay. Sword. Easy. Done. Okay, but like something from like of actual historical kind of like like value. It's and I'm not value. saying a sword doesn't have value. <laughs> I'm just saying like if you could like take anything, like whether it be like a scroll or I don't know, a scroll. I don't know why I went for that. Yeah, I think this is quite some difficult because I'm not a material, yeah. not a material scholar. Um, maybe a sword. It's just got to be just a sword. sword. It's just got to be a sword. I want a sword. I think I would take the crown jewels. See, that's pretty. Yeah. Which ones though? Before John lost them, or the yeah, ones? because okay, like so the original ones. Because like right. So obviously we have like the crown jewels that we have at the moment, right? But like 
I think that's the same for all things lost. I think if I could go back in time and like just look at it. Before even, John dropped them in the pants. But even like <laughs> Library of Alexandria, right? Like yeah, okay. just being Great able, just being able to like see it. Or like the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul. Like I would love to have seen that when it was Constantinople. I think that's good. It was answers, like, but you can't take that. But I can't take <laughs> it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I would love to be able to drop in and like take a book and just be like, hee hee, I was here. <laughs> Cheeky. But yeah. I, th- I, okay, I think your answer's better than mine. Yeah, a boring. sword. <laughs> Just a sword. photo, a photo. I'm such a man. Drone footage from, <laughs> from the river running, 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 running. Running red. Running I mean, red. it just shows the difference in our, our historical interest. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, but I think, unless, unless there's any other questions. Well, actually, mm-hmm. how can people find you, Abby, Ooh, okay. and interact with you online? Uh, so, obviously, people will listen to you. Be a fantastic host. So thank you very much for coming to do that. Oh, thank you. Um, so Jackson was the first person that I did a podcast with, and this is the first time that I'm hosting, hosting a podcast. Total of two times podcasting. So yeah, yeah, pretty good doing that, Ashley. Hope it's it's doing okay. But obviously, people are going to want to interact with you. You got a book coming out. You need to promote it, which Abby we'll doesn't want to do. I know it's not that I don't want to do it. It's just. Can't As we've discussed, I'm wildly uncomfortable promoting my own work on social media. I'm not. I'm shameless. Um, that was a joke. I am not shameless. <laughs> there are some things I won't do. Um, but only some. Yeah, only some. But, <laughs> but how can people find you and interact with you online? So we've got my Instagram account at Abigail R. Williams History on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter, X, what it is at the moment. You can find me on LinkedIn. It's um, Abigail Williams. Abigail Rebecca Williams, if you want to know my middle name. Um, but yeah, Instagram is the main place that I hang out. Um, we'll be posting more frequently as I'm like working more with Jackson um, and also promoting my book more. So yeah. yeah. And I think the most obvious place that you'll find me is here at History with Jackson. Because she's going to be writing. She's going to be appearing in content. We've got some great things that we're going to do together this yeah, year. Yeah, some so festivals I'm coming up, which I'm excited for. Yeah, I'm, I'm super buzzing. Same. I've been so much coffee. <laughs> I don't drink coffee, so this is going to be fun. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming back to this roundup that we do every year. And thank you very <laughs> much, Abby, for, for interviewing me. Well, I hope you've had a great year and many good wishes for the, for the one coming. Thank you. All right. <laughs> See you later, guys. <laughs> and thank you very much for listening to the first episode of History of Jackson in 2024. Now, that was a great roundup interview hosted by Abby. Uh, I really enjoyed recapping everything that I did in 2024 for the business, but also personally as well. Now, if you want to go and follow Abby on social media, her links are in the description below. And if you want to engage with more of the content that we create here at History of Jackson, please do consider supporting us at History of Jackson Plus on Apple Podcasts or by the Buy Me A Coffee profile in the description below. In the meantime, anything that you need, the blog, the podcast, all the links are also down below. And we will look forward to a great 2024 with you.